0: Perhaps you need to be reminded today of this simple yet powerful phrase, but God. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor.
1: I believe there are many that need to hear these words to be reminded of a God who's rich in mercy. It's hard finding a job, getting, letting, you know, finding the resources to make ends meet, but God. A difficult circumstance is outside of your control. There's nothing but God. My marriage is barely there. Every day seems, but God. My kids aren't walking with the Lord, but God. I'm, I'm tossed and turned. I can't overcome this, but God. It changes everything. This is a messing grace. This is a failure.
0: Maybe you're in a difficult spot today and wondering, how are you going to make it through? Today on Abounding Grace, we consider the marvelous truth that God still does the impossible. This is presented to us in a powerful way in 1 Samuel 6. Of all things, he's about to use some cows to fulfill his plan and purposes. Allow this to encourage you that God can do the impossible in your life too. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor starting us off in the Proverbs
1: turn over to chapter 19 verse 21 chapter 19 verse 21 Again, it's so easy to overcomplicate the simplicity of a relationship with Jesus with all of our ideas, with all of our thoughts, with all of our reasons, with all of our excuses, with all of our plans. So notice with me, chapter 19, verse 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Look at chapter 20, verse 24. Chapter 20, verse 24. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? Look at chapter 21, verse 30. It says, There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The battle, or excuse me, the horses, verse 31, is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. In another place, the Proverbs say, There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is death. If the Philistines would have humbled themselves before God and recognized the judgment of God and the mercy of God, you go, wait a minute, where's the mercy and the grace? If God wanted to wipe the Philistines out at this time, you know what he would have done? Wipe the Philistines out in one spot, no problem. But he was merciful and gracious and waiting and instead they're scheming and planning and trying to squirm out of what is so obvious. You see, there are many times in our lives that we are overruled by God. Add this to your prayer life, would you? Thank God he overrules you. Just say it. I know you don't like it. Who does? Many times we'll see though God, he knows, we'll see it, we don't see it now, but we'll see, man, being overruled by God is not a bad thing. There are many times when we're overruled by God, but listen, friend, there's many times where we must be overruled by God, that He would intervene in our lives and, and make a decision or allow a situation. I mean, that's what happens. We, we feel like we've been overruled when change comes into our lives, when changes come our way. We've planned and we've prepared. The man has made his plans, but the direction of the Lord stands. There's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord, even though we try. But things change. They didn't go according to our plan. There's a new direction, a new place, a new situation, a new people. Change. You know, in the world, to say, you know, everybody has a, you know, most people have a problem with change. But I would say within the realm of our relationship with the Lord, we, we have a problem with the will of God. And if you're not there yet, you just haven't experienced a major overruling work of God yet that you see, wow, I I don't like that. I don't see what you're doing right now, God. I don't know why you're allowing this, and I don't like it. But see, it's God's overruling providence that we need and want. Another way of saying and describing providence is his sovereign will for our lives. You see, his sovereign will is best for us, and it's best for him. It's what the world calls today a (laughs) win-win. It's God's heart. And ultimately, you'll see your heart will be knit together with his because ultimately, your desire, you're knit together with the God of all creation. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and you really do want God's heart. You may not like how it comes, but you do want him. You do desire him. In Psalms 37, verse 23, it says this. The steps of a good man. Go ahead and turn there. I hear you turning. Go ahead. We're already there. You're in Proverbs. Go back to Psalm 37, verse 23, which is to the left there. It's very good to have your Bible, to use it. I know you got technology and everything, and that's great. But it's good to have your Bible. Turn, turn, turn. They have to create, if you guys haven't done it already, if you write apps for your iPad or iPhone or whatever, you need to create a Bible app that when you flick it, it makes the page turn sound. Because that like sounds really cool. It doesn't do any. Mine doesn't do anything when I flick it. Somebody needs to add that. You can turn it on and off. There'll be a little switch there. Would you like to bless your pastor with the sound of page turning? And you could just click yes or not today, no. But it's good to have your paper Bible. Because when the battery wears out, no problem, it's still here. Notice um, Psalm 37, pick up with me. You know, this is that Psalm that's so encouraging, um, you know, rest in the Lord, verse 7, cease from anger. But verse 23 is where I want you to go. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And you're like, wait a minute. How do you know? What what kind of experience do you have, David? Where are you coming from? And here, he was anticipating, you might think that. Verse 25. I've been young and now I'm old and I've not yet seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good. Dwell forevermore for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. Some of you just came to church for that right there. God does not forsake his saints. Here's somebody that's been young and old and he hasn't seen the righteous forsaken doesn't forsake his saints the righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever so the scheme of the philistines here is a worldly empty you can see right through it scheme and it's pretty elaborate it's designed to not allow god to win by nature two milk cows should not pull a cart at all number one two they should resist their yokes Because they're not used to them, that's not what they do. They don't pull with yolks, they just give, they just sit there, eat, and give milk. That's all they do. They don't move. They just chew their cud and go, whoa, what are you doing back there? And then it's done. And then they go back to chewing their cud. That's all they do. They're not not supposed to be doing this. Not only that, but sending their calves away would have drawn the milk cows where? Toward the calves. It's a setup. They're fighting the yoke. Where's my kids? <laughs> you see, in the Philistines' mind, maybe even yours, your scheme is gonna end just like you think it is. You haven't even given God a chance. You haven't even allowed him to work. You've been impatient, fearful, fretful, and you haven't even waited on him. And in your mind, to get out from under some sinful situation or something the Lord is clearly speaking to you about, you've come up with an elaborate scheme. You didn't call it a scheme. But now with some perspective, maybe that's exactly what it is. You have to take that between you and the Lord. I don't know. I see God's hand heavy upon the Philistines. And I believe God would have drawn the Philistines to himself because we see episode after episode of God reaching out to Gentiles throughout the Old Testament. But what they wanted was the end of verse 9. What they wanted was to say it was all by chance. There's no such thing as God. So verse 10, back in 1 Samuel 6, Then the men did so. They took two milk cows, hitched them to the cart, shut up their calves at home. They set the ark of the Lord on the cart in the chest with the gold rats and the images of their tumors. Then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh. Really? and went along the highway lowing as they went and did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left and the lords of the philistines went after them to the border of bethshemis i get the picture of they can't be there this cannot be happening this cannot be happening we're gonna run maybe they're taunting them <laughs> you know i don't know what but they're tripping out because this should not happen this should not happen this should not happen this is not how i planned this is not what i thought would happen this is not what I planned on. I know, because the Lord's plan will always overrule your weak scheme to get out from under. It's so much easier. You're gonna be right back at square one again. Just running, you know, I, think we, I remember the time uh, Pastor Ian introduced that song. I forget the name of it, but it has that phrase in the song, um, you know, something along the lines, forgive me for running in circles. You know that song? running it this is that's what happens when you just you just run in, in circles you got all it but i'm busy for you lord and i'm working hard for you and i'm in church and i'm doing it but i but i don't seem to be making any progress could be a could be a time for you to really check if you want the will of god or you want your own will it's amazing that verse 12 they headed straight for the road to bethshemesh it shouldn't have happened but god it was truly miraculous above anything what was truly impossible was made possible by the guiding hand of God because God leaves nothing to chance. In our father's world, even cows fulfill his plan. And Philistines. And people that think they're smarter than God. And with the ark missing for seven months, there were hearts that are filled with thanksgiving that the cart came. It says, the people in verse 13 of Beth Shemesh were reaping, their wheat harvest in the valley. This is verse 13. And they lifted their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. I bet they did. Then the cart came into the field of Joshua of Bethshemesh and stood there and a large stone was there. So they split the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. <laughs> poor cows didn't know what they what am i doing man what's happening putting the yoke on me where are my kids and whoa oh, oh i wouldn't have assign maybe they took like hey who wants to volunteer to get out of this deacon milk thing me 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 no no so the cows are all messed up <laughs> nobody wins with sin man nobody nobody wins it's because of the philistine sins the cows were all messed up I want to introduce you to a phrase. I want to remind you of a phrase. Would you turn with me for these final moments in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4? The phrase, but God. This is a great picture of that. But God. They're powerful words. Notice chapter 2 of Ephesians. Pick up with me right in the beginning. It's a description of our life apart from Jesus. And... It's just so glorious. You've got to see this if you've never seen it before. If you have seen it before, then just let it encourage you. Check this out. He says... In verse one of Ephesians 2, and, "And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once also walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others." You know, the first three verses just say, "It you're hopeless. It's a hopeless condition. Apart from Jesus, it is aimless, it's wandering, it's like lust-filled, it's the course of this world. I mean, it, it, it's hopeless. Until verse four, but God. You might want to mark those two words, but God. This little situation with the Philistines is far less important than the first three verses of Ephesians, although it does illustrate for us the reality of a hopeless situation. They've come up with an elaborate plan, but they will not outmaneuver God. And God intervenes in the maneuverings and the schemes of man. And I believe you need to remember it's but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. That even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. You've been raised up, verse six, together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you've been saved. Through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them? That all started with verse 4. But God, the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God and the the, the help and the assistance and the everything about it's, it, God intervened. I believe there are many that need to hear these words to be reminded of a God who's rich in mercy. It's hard finding a job, getting, letting, you know, finding... The resources to make ends meet, but God. A difficult circumstance is outside of your control. There's nothing but God. My marriage is barely there. Every day seems, but God. My kids aren't walking with the Lord, but God. I'm I'm tossed and turned. I can't overcome this, but God. It changes everything, but God. You see, when you factor away, you go, well, you know, it might be chance and, and I'm not sure about God and, and I don't want to be overruled and, and, and you put yourself, you put everything into your own strength and your own power. You know, when you do that, you're limited to your own strength and your own power and you can't even be in two places at one time. Did you know that? That's how powerless you are. Some of you can't even turn your car on, right? You know Why? because you can't find it in the Walmart parking lot. You don't even know where it is. And you're going to rely on your resources? You go, wait a minute, Ed. How did you know? No, because it happens to me. It doesn't even have to be. I could just be at King Supers and forget what row I'm in. And my battery's dead. So the thing, the little trick that you use doesn't work. And so what do you do? You walk around with it under your chin and you're trying, do you guys ever do that? to so try to make your, you, well, it does. It's supposed to use your body as an antenna. That doesn't work either. <laughs> I don't even know how I got to church today. <laughs> a car somewhere out there. You're going to depend on your own strength and your own power and your own weakness. But God, but God but God, who's rich in mercy, loves us. He intervened and took rebellious sinners and made them glorious saints. He changed your life. He gave himself for you. The Philistines of old learned these two words, but God, it's too bad, it's too late. As these cows did the impossible, not a mile, not three miles, not five miles, but ten miles they did the impossible. And they're running after him. You know, just maybe they'll turn. And they're just lowing us his way. Just, and they're not looking around. I know, because God's got like this GPS on them. And he's going to take them right exactly where they need to go. He's going to bring and he's going to make the Philistines look more foolish than they did when they set Dagon up and tried to put his head back on we'll fix you, God. Don't worry, Dagon. I'm so sorry you fell. Let me put your head back on for you. <laughs> but they have to process this. So with that in mind, let's come back and close off the chapter. But God, take that home with you, would you? But God, but God, he's rich in mercy, loves you, he gave his life for you. When they offer the cows, the lords of the Philistines, verse 16, went back to Ekron the same day. And these are the golden tumors, verse 17, which the Philistines return as a trespass offering to the Lord, one for Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, uh, Ekron, the golden rats, according to the numbers of all the cities of the Philistines, belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities, country villages, even as far as the large stone of Abel, which they set on the ark of the Lord, which stone remains to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. Then he struck the men of Beth Shemesh. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Because they looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck 50,070 men of the people and the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. Man, you can do something well and then mess it up. They were doing just fine until they decided to be curious and touch the ark. Don't touch the ark. You know, they're all everybody's looking for the ark. If they find it, don't touch it. There's a prescribed specific way. You know, Beth Shemesh was a priestly city. So there were Levites there to take it off the cart, to offer the proper sacrifice. They should have known better. The Levites take care of the ark, we don't. So it's a life of careful obedience all the way to the end. You want to finish your race well. That's what I shared recently in Minnesota. You want to finish your race well. It doesn't matter how we start, it matters how we finish. We want to finish well. And I looked at the story, the true story of Caleb when he was 85 years old, saying, you know what? I got a promise. I had to wander with this all these years with these, with these people that didn't believe you, but I made it through. I'm standing here. I'm an old man, but I'm stronger than all these whippersnappers. Give me the promise of God. He wanted to finish well. He says, I know the, I know the Anakim are up there. I know they're giants, and I don't care. I didn't care 40 years ago, 45 years I don't care now. Maybe God will strengthen me to take... And you've got to build up that stamina. You can't just do the one right thing and then ten wrong things. You're going to pay the price. And so there's a great slaughter. A, a time of great joy becomes a time of great slaughter. And the men, verse 20 of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy and Lord God? And to whom shall it go up from us? And they sent messengers to the inhabitants of kirjath Jearim, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and get it. <laughs> ah... The awesome event described here certainly warns us against religious curiosity and a lack of the reverence of the Lord, Warren Wiersbe writes. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, Hebrews chapter 10. In today's Western society, with its informality and lack of respect for the sacred, it's easy even for believers to get so chummy with the Lord that they forget that he is high and lifted up. Be careful, church, that we might do what is right in the strength, and they are in the eyes of the Lord in His strength. And worship the one true God.
0: Thanks for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And Ed, you emphasized two wonderful words today. But God, I can't help but think someone listening right now really needed to hear that as they're facing what looks to be an impossible situation in their life. Would you speak to that person directly for a moment?
1: You know, Larry, I'd love to. I I know that many listening in are faced with insurmountable, or at least what it looks like, insurmountable situations, impossibilities, uh, financial possibilities, emotional impossibilities, just so much. Uh, you know, I would have to say that I myself have a really serious, impossible situation uh, that's outside of my control, that we've been waiting on the Lord now for four, you know, pretty much close to five years uh, coming up here. And, and you know, I'm, I, I've only trusted God more through the waiting for Him to act, not less. And God has been faithful in so many different areas. He's revealed Himself in so many wonderful ways. And while you're waiting for God to, to do that work that you desire, he's, he's allowed this into your life so that you might draw near to Him, that you might grow in faith, that you might love him more. It's actually not about the situation at all. It's about God and his love for you. So my encouragement to you, and we'll do it together, in our prayers, in our ministry, in our service, we'll trust God, we'll live for him, we'll make every day count for the kingdom of God. Even though we're waiting, and even though things may not be happening the way that we would want them, they are happening the way that God allows them to, and he's in control, And we can trust him. So always remember, but God, that changes everything. Thank you, Ed. And friend, if today's
0: message really hit home, you can request a CD copy for only $2 by calling us at 877-30-GRACE. Or look for this message online at CalvaryAurora.org. It's called God Does the Impossible. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through the Calvary Aurora app. Search for Calvary Aurora. And while you're at it, download the Grace FM Colorado app. Are you struggling through a family problem? Maybe there's a great deal of stress that's weighing on you as you raise your kids for Christ or you're overwhelmed at work. We'd like to recommend that you read Let Go by Francois Finalon you'll be encouraged to let go of those distresses and embrace the joy and peace that God has promised. And we'll send it your way when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace today. Please remember, it's through your support that we're able to bring the teaching of God's Word to stations like this every day. We can't do this alone. Call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryaurora.org. If you'd rather write... Our address is Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado, 80046. We'll return to First Samuel next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll see you then. This is amazing grace.